Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Carnival Row. Today we'll be covering the sixth and seventh episodes from Amazon Prime's TV series titled Unaccompanied Fae and the World to Come. Well, I think we're excited to talk about this. <laughs> I, uh, I've got some, some thoughts. I mean, it's He's got some thoughts. Yeah. Like I'd mentioned before we started, I, I'm kind of excited for us to be finishing up this show. It's, uh, it's one of I those. I called you out. I called you out. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's one of those that like, I love the universe. I love the, uh, you know, the idea behind it, but I feel like mm-hmm. this first season has just kind of been. A lot of chaos, but not feeling yeah. like very organized chaos. Um, I get it. I'm there. I mean, lots of sexy scenes. I mean, who knew I'd be attracted to, you know, witch hand jobs and, you know, making it with a goat person. But you know what? I'm all for that now. <sighs> yeah. I mean, hey, that was a hot scene. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm here for that stuff. That's okay. Um well, well, we'll talk about our top five. We'll talk about these two episodes, um, and we'll see where we land. Maybe we'll have some good feelings after we talk it out. See, you just you, you got to have a friend. And that's what podcasts are for. That's why we have these conversations. That's why you have the conversations with your friends at the water cooler or online. That's why we're doing this. Sometimes we have good feelings. So why don't we get started? I'll go ahead and start this week, Sean. Give you a break um, <laughs> with uh, number five. So mine, I'm going to start it off with my new unfavorite character. So if we, if if we're going to find something to dislike, let's let's have fun with it together. So let's see if 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 you agree with me. And my new unfavorite character is Portia, uh, the the widow narc, as I'm calling her. Oh yeah. <laughs> I you know all this. All this talk she had about wanting to make a go, you know, with Philo um, and wanting to open or wanting him to open up. I mean, she is just like panting, you know, to get him to open up, you know, what's going on with him? What's he keeping a secret? And when he finally confesses to her and lets it out, you know, because he's really wanting to kind of be a part of like the human world. And, you know, so he's like, all right, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all in and she's going to have to know who I am. And so he does. And what does she do? But she's, you know, totally repelled by the thought of him being a half breed. And the way that she just goes off on him and kicks him out, makes him leave was just terrible. Um, and then not only that, she goes so far as to turn him into the cops. Um, yeah, I didn't quite get that because the the one, uh, you know, his arch rival cop shows up and like talks her into telling him all this stuff, which we didn't really yeah. see anything with that. So I was really kind of confused like what – because, I mean, when a dude's got like those chops like that, there's not much oh, sweet yeah. chop, sweet talking he can do. No. Like you can't rock those chops and be like, you know, hey, mm-hmm. look, sweetie, like – you know. <laughs> no, this dude, that guy's got the most punchable face I think yeah. I've ever seen. He's just got one of those faces that you just want to kind of just, I just want to punch this guy in the face. And I don't really know why, it's the, but I just, it, you know. It's the chops and the no hair. That's what is it that, is. Yeah. That's got to be what it is. Um, but I mean, he plays the character really well. He does. I mean, he yeah. definitely, he definitely 
plays this despicable character very well, uh, for sure. But he's got a, a punchable face, even a punchable voice. Even his voice, I'm just like, I just want to get that guy. That guy... His name is Jamie Harris. He is actually the brother of Jared Harris, who plays the Chancellor oh, cool. on this show. They are both the uh, sons of uh, Richard Harris, who was a great actor. Most people would probably remember him as the first Dumbledore in the um, first two Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard Harris. He's, of course, been in many, many, many other awesome movies um, other than that. But anyway, fun fact for all of our friends out there um, who dig that shit like I do. But anyway... Um, I was totally pissed off at her. I'm like, you give chicks a bad name. I really thought that um, she would, you know, it's fine if she somehow is now, you know, not wanting to have anything to, well, it's not fine. Sorry. I don't really mean it's fine, but it's one thing for her to, to be taken off guard by the fact that Philo is, you know, a half fay. And then, but she could have at least, out of respect, out of the feelings that she says, I don't think she really had the true feelings for him. If she's, because if you if you, if you truly love someone, if you truly care for someone, then that shouldn't matter. You should be able to sec- accept that person. So clearly, she didn't really have those feelings for him. Um, but you know, maybe at least out of respect of whatever friendship maybe that they would have had, she would not have turned him into the police. I think she's completely naive, thinking that something wouldn't have come out of that because they said it's what they call passing. You know, he tried to pass himself off as human, you know, it was against the law. She had to have known that. Mm-hmm. So what did she think was going to happen when she told the cops? And then she's acting all, well, I didn't know he was going to get charged, you know? And it's like, well, what did you think was going to happen? Dumbass. When they give her the chance to recant it too. Uh, and she mm-hmm. does. But that's when you get Philo kind of standing up to be like, no, that was my mother and I am half, you know, half fey, half human. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. But it was still just, it just, it seemed very clunky to me. Like it felt like, you know, let's do some cliche things on top of cliche things. Yep. I agree. But I I had to rant about her. She's my new unfavorite. I was, you know, kind of just, um, I don't know, just had like neutral feelings towards her. I thought, oh, you're not going to go anywhere. It's real sweet what you're trying to do. And I applaud that. But then she turned on him um, and I'm just like, eh, I'm done with you. I don't like you now. Yeah, but, I'm- you know, and that and that sucks because that was the second episode that we're covering. The first, the first part I, I really liked because, you know, that one dude pissed me off. The other tenant that she has that was like totally slut-shaming oh, yeah. her. Mm-hmm. You know, and she went and, you know, to her little money box and got his deposit and was like, you know, you can just leave now. And I was like, yeah, you go. You throw his out by the afternoon. That's right. Throw his slut shaming ass out the door. Um, Don't let anybody tell you who you can and can't have sex with. You're (laughs) an independent woman. She's an independent businesswoman, too. Yeah, no kidding. Screw that. Hit the door, dude. And don't let don't hit you on your way out. Is what I say. So I was rooting for her then. And then she had to go turn around and do do that bullshit. So now she's my new and favorite character. So we can have some fun just poo-pooing on her. Yeah. Well, that kind of ties into some, uh, my number five is kind of one of the things that I think is kind of annoying to me about this show. And it ties into what you said is more so, I guess, I mean, in bigger in general, like the difference between Faye and humans Mm -hmm. is just wings, it seems. And then even like half Faye, like Philo, it, it seems kind of odd that nobody would be able to suspect that unless he, I mean, she was with him and there's these two cuts 
that would be where wings would be. Right. And if this is a big thing, I would think you would notice that somehow. Like it would be like, you know, if if there Maybe. was any kind of like, you know, it it just goes back to I'm very confused at and maybe this is because, uh, you know, thinking in terms of, you know, people are just people maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why why is there so much hatred between these two groups? You know, there really isn't that much different between the two besides one can fly and one can't. You know, there's not really any kind of identifier. And I know that's, you know, maybe it's a just a fear of difference in general. And but... Uh, th- sh- I think that's what it is. I think they're like this whole society is just, at least as far as humans anyway, are just fearful of anything that's different from them. Yeah. I think. And I guess this, I feel like the show missed a, a spot to make a point because I feel like they're trying to make a point, but they're not doing a very good job with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think of other shows that kind of try to take, because uh, I mean, it, you know, is it trying to say things with like classes or is it, you know, I mean, I guess it's probably going more into the race question, but, uh, I think both, it, it just seems, it seems like, I don't even know a great way to explain it. It feels like they're trying to heavy handedly have this bigger, you know, meaning behind this, but they, they haven't really done a good job of expressing they're that they're, yeah, they're yeah, just missing, they're missing something. The spot. Yeah. I, I mean, get like, that. like the pucks themselves, like they're very like different from, you know, the humans, you know, they have hoof feet, mm-hmm. they have hooves. They're, I, I would assume that they seem like they're a little bit stronger. So there, there's a big difference there between the two humans and them. Like, but with the Fae, again, I keep going back to like, it. they're like, if the Fae took off their wings, they're just humans. And it just, I just can't quite wrap my finger around why, why I'm so hooked on like the, the questions there. But again, maybe it's because it's like, I just can't see the difference. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, because without the wings, at least physically, you can't tell Um, because clearly Philo was able to pass all these years. I mean, he has some scars, but if he kept those hidden, he could have just always passed. Um, But they do seem to indicate, um, I mean, we don't know specifics, but, you know, he like he won't go to the doctor, you know, because either his blood or maybe something else physically would give it away. Yeah. yeah, so I, I guess there's that too, but at least as far as physical appearance, there isn't any difference between like the fae and and, and humans. Um, but like the centaurs and the pucks, you know, they do have very clear um, physical attributes that are different. Um, I think that they're just in general like the classism and racism and so many other things that are a factor in 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 this show that they're kind of missing the point a little bit. Yeah, and I guess it, it just feels like it's a lot o- all over the place. So, like, maybe if they hammered it into, like, you know, like the puck, the the little cult of pucks we've seen, mm-hmm. you know, maybe if they, they, you know, the reason there's a lot of hatred here is because of they're bringing over their religions and their gods and that's scaring them. Or maybe, I guess if it, it just feels like they've left everything too general. I think that's maybe what I'm coming to is that they haven't really identified any specifics of why people are so hateful of these groups. They're just kind of all over the place instead of being like, okay, well, this is the reason we don't like these people. This is the reason why we don't like these this group. Um, I just feel like it just it leaves it up way too much for interpretation. Yeah. I mean, they don't – I don't know. I guess they haven't really went too far into why they're so against. I mean, I know that they're like, well, um, coming everyone coming in off of the boats 
you know, they're taking jobs that could be for humans and they get paid less. So it's like they're taking jobs away from, from humans. And, you know, I, I know that that's things that, you know, that they kind of talk about today with, you know, um, workers coming in from, you know, other places and they can work for cheaper and things like that. Um, so I know that there's that whole argument and I think that, that they just don't like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like anybody that is against, you know, any other, um, race of people or anything like that, they don't really have very good reasons for That's true. <laughs> for yeah. being ignorant and why they don't like people of a certain class or a certain race. They just don't like them because they don't like any, anybody different than themselves. So, um, yeah. And I guess that's why I have such a hard time because I can't quite f- get my mindset into it. Cause like if we had like pucks yeah. and fairies around here, it'd be like, okay, sweet. Like, you know, cool. they're not hurting me. Exactly. And you know, for one, the fairies is like, hey, you want to fly? I'm like, yeah, sure. And maybe th- yeah. they would take me for flying lessons or whatever. But yeah, my number five is just something that's just, I think that's just kind of been difficult it's hard. for me to wrap my head around for this one. But yeah, just the differences seems to be a little bit, and more so towards Philo, because I feel like it's like, how can this guy have gotten away for so long without anybody knowing anything? Yeah, I, he's probably, I guess, just done a really good job of keeping people, um, you know, keeping a wall up and keeping people at a distance, it sounds like, you know, just he doesn't let people in. I mean, except for, you know, when he met Vignette. Um, but I mean, he was over in Tiernanak and I guess, you know, the way he talked, he felt more at home there and was able to open up to her. Um, and she didn't reject him, uh, you know, for, for being, um, you know, a half fay, which seems like he got rejected kind of, or would have gotten rejected from both sides. Like he doesn't really belong yeah. anywhere. You know, he kind of gets, you know, by both sides. So, um, but she accepted him. So he's probably just done a really good job of always keeping that, you know, pretty secret and keeping people from getting too close. But I totally get what you're saying. It's hard. It's, it's hard to, to grasp, you know, how terrible people are. Like it's hard to watch sometimes how, you know, people in the show treat, you know, people of different races and just because they're, you know, if they're poor or because they're a different species or, you know, they're from another place and how they get treated. And, um, it's, it's disgusting. And I don't, it's hard to understand. I think if you did understand it, Sean, I'd be a little bit worried about you. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's probably a good thing, but that's a really good number five. I like that. Um, well, my number four, um, gosh, I, I guess we're just going to go in a roll. That's that's the theme of our show this week. Um, I'm I am bored with Jonah and Sophie. There, I was I was really hoping for more from those two coming together, but I'm just like, okay, I'm bored. I found her slightly intriguing when I first met her. I was like, hmm, she might be, you know, kind of fun to watch. Um, and then when when you know you could see how they were starting to kind of come together when they when they met, I thought, uh oh, we're gonna get something here. And then I was just left like, uh, okay, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of over. The, I just I don't like it. I'm just kind of like wanting to get past that part. And I I just I want to I don't fast forward, but I just want to fast forward through it. I'm just like, ugh, is the scene over yet? I'm not enjoying myself. What are your thoughts with those two? It's yeah, it kind of goes back to I feel like there's just too many damn stories going on right now. Yeah. And and I guess the only like tie that you could say is uh you know, the thing that they allude to at the very end 
where you kind of think like, oh, okay, like maybe this is the string that you know connects everything, but it just there's just way too much stuff going on in this series right now, especially for our first season. Um, like when you mentioned those two's name, I had to like sit and think like, okay, which ones were those two? Okay, <laughs> I know so much to keep up with. I I think that they're just really you you have a point. You mentioned it before. All of the different storylines going on. Um, I think they're just trying to help get a lot of things to roll into season two is my guess. Um, like with that whole religion storyline with the pucks, you know, the guy that yeah, um, yeah. got thrown out of the chancellor's house and he gets found by this, uh, looks like a religious group slash cult. And um, I'm thinking, gosh, this is kind of late in the game to be introducing mm-hmm. this storyline. And why am I supposed to care about this? And I don't understand what's happening, but I'm like, well, I guess it's going to go into season two. So they're trying to kind of set the the stage for where, you know, maybe this season's going to be one thing and and be about what, you know, this, I I don't know what it is yet because we still have another episode to go, Um, but it's going to be focused on this. And then it's then going to lead into another, you know, theme for next season. That's the only thing I can think of is it's just trying to kind of give us a buildup and, um, but I'm, I'm confused. I don't really think I get it. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, and I think but, yeah. that that cult thing is is probably one of the more intriguing things right now because you don't know much about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we only have one episode left. They introduced that like three episodes ago, and so yeah. it could be that they're trying to cue all these things up. So really, season one and two may really be one season. So like maybe once you get through season two, it'll make a little bit more sense. But it's it's kind of one of those like. This is, you know, we talk about shows that after we finish an episode, we're like, oh my God, like it's so hard not to hit the next button. <laughs> and this one, it's not very hard to, but you're kind of like, all right, well, nope. I got to figure out how they're going to f- like make this. How are they going to make me come back for season two? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I, I certainly don't, you know, we were talking all the time when we were covering Stranger Things just prior to this show. And we would joke all the time about, you know, you know, oh, let's hurry up and record this episode because the minute we get done, I'm going to go watch the next episode so I can see what happens. I'm not doing that with this show. In fact, we had a week off and I didn't watch any of it at all that yeah. week until I had to watch it um, just, you know, prior to this, to our, our prep um, to get ready for this recording. So, well, it's been, t- you know, I think like with uh, The Haunting of Hill House, I think we had one or two weeks we had to watch two episodes. Yeah, and that we was had to awesome. It in. Yeah, and that yeah. was fun because it's like, oh, okay, I'm ready to watch this second episode. Like, it's a little bit of a, and this is only eight episodes too. So, could mm-hmm. you imagine if this was like a ten or twelve episode season? <sighs> oh, no. uh, but Shh, don't say that they might do that for season uh, two. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't want to <laughs> shit on it too much, but it's it's just been uh, again. I feel like they have like a this this. It's like Lost to me. Like Lost, I felt like was this really great idea, but it kind of stumbled to me. You know, I felt mm. like it was just kind of like continually like leading you on. And that's what I feel like this is doing. It's like nothing is happening. <laughs> a la Walking Dead. That's another good thing. It's like each week you turn in, you're like, nothing fucking happened. Uh, Sean, are you watching The Walking Dead right now? You know what? I didn't even realize this came back on this Sunday. I saw that you posted about that. Yeah. You're like, what? It's back? I just want to be like, Shh, just want to shake you, Sean. Come yeah. on. Because I always remember Get it was around Halloween. Us. And uh, so yeah. I was like, all right, we're doing the live on the uh, Zed Head page. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do the live feed. I'm like, oh, shit, is that today? Like, is this supposed to start today? Like, <gasps> I haven't even watched it yet. Oh, Sean. Was it good? Or, like, Yeah, it was. A, I, I was 
thoroughly entertained okay. um, by the premiere. Definitely. I, I am all in. I've been since season nine when Angela King took over, you know, um, and I won't talk too much in case people haven't seen it, so I won't put any spoilers out there, but um, I thought she did an amazing job. I was unhappy with the last a few seasons prior to nine. So I, but I mean, I kept watching and I, I, I went on and I was thoroughly pleased and I was really excited about season 10 and they did not for me disappoint. And I know okay. there's lots of other people that feel the way, feel that same way. So, you know, I don't know, maybe you're burned out, man. Maybe you're, I feel like some people are getting burned out. It's 10 seasons after all. Yeah. That's a lot. Well, it's they, a lot to hang on. You know, they've done some stuff that I don't agree with that I didn't like. And, the comic just ended too, so I'm like, all right, well, there's not that carrot now, so. <sighs> yeah, but. I get it. It's okay, but I don't know, dude. That that'll really bum me out if I if I lose you on on that show. I'll still it's get gonna... on it, but it'll probably be one of those like, okay, I've got a day. I'll watch the two episodes that I'm behind on. Oh, okay. Well, let me know when you've seen the premiere. Um, but anyway, goodness, we've digressed off to another show. We can't stay on track with, <laughs> with this one. We're already talking about another one. Let's rein ourselves back in and 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 get through Carnival Row. It's okay. The show, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm feeling a little bit of a lag, that's all. I'm hoping that it, um, you know, I'm not too disappointed by the time that the finale comes on. But we'll get back on track here. Um, well, that was a good number four. Did you have, did you say everything that you wanted to say yeah. about that. So yeah, so I'll jump into my cool. number four. So this is okay. I, oh, that I, was my number four. Let's talk about your number four. So it's I, not all about me. <laughs> <laughs> I put all the things that kind of upset me in my five and four. So the, this one was kind of the the Philo cliche arrest is just what I titled it. So you know it it, it was one of those things that you could come, almost come you could see coming from a mile away that all mm-hmm. of these murders were going to get pinned on Philo. Yeah, and sure enough, that's what happens and. He uh, he was thrown in the jail, and the the cops were trying to set it up so that you know the the humans would beat him up because they you know were like, all right, let's go out for a smoke, and and they're like, by the way, he's been trying to pass as one of us, and you know the drunk guys are like, oh, we're gonna kick his ass now. Yeah, well, the whole thing of like putting a cop in jail, yeah, you know, and too, of course, yeah. all the prisoners are always like wanting to, wanting to take a shot at a cop, you know, um, so it's. One of those typical tropes that you see. And, yeah. And I kind of mentioned or like I felt like the moment where he said, like, you know, no, that's my mother. Because going back to the song that she sang a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago, I played that for Tiffany because, you know, we have a son. And it was just like, that's a really pretty song. Like, I it really is. love that song. Yeah. And I felt like in that moment when he's like standing up for kind of who he is, it should have just felt more. Like, it should have almost like mm. made you not like weep, but at least have like an emotional response. But it just kind of felt like, uh, all right, well, was that really a smart idea? Like, instead of being like, oh, yeah, you stand up for yourself, you're just kind of like, I don't really know how to feel about this. Like, it, it's not making me feel like, yeah, it's just kind of like, uh. Which, again, could be the show, but. Yeah, maybe maybe it's just your your feelings towards the show kind of projecting a little bit. I Hey, I didn't stand up and cheer, but I was just like. Yeah, that's right. And it was more of just uh, like be be proud of who you are and, you know, stand up and be proud, you know, uh, of that and not l- allow people to kind of shame you or box you up, you know, and put a title or a label on you, you know, so that I was more like 
just kind of nod my head like, yeah, dude, you be you, you know, and let your freak flag fly. That's that's my attitude. So <laughs> it was more of that. But it was, you know, it wasn't like a, you know, stand up and cheer going, yeah, you know, anything like that. Um, but it didn't fall as flat for me. But I totally get what you're saying. Poor Sean, but, yeah, not really out. much to say there, but yeah, just my uh, my number four is kind of that cliche moment uh, with Philo getting pinned with the murders. Yeah, well, that kind of goes along with my number three just a little bit, and that's about his secret being out. So, you know, he's he's told Portia she's freaked out, she's turned him in, and now his boss and colleagues have all learned his secret, and and he gets put in jail for passing, which, as I mentioned, is just basically trying to pass himself off as human, which it just seems so stupid. <laughs> I mean, it just, like, wow. Um, it's like he's almost more of a criminal than the Fae themselves, you know? And it's like, he can even help. That's, that's what makes me so angry. It's like, you can't help who you're born to be. And, and just... The attitudes of these people just, it makes me crazy. Um, but then what really what really got me was, was the cop's logic makes no sense. Because if he killed the doctor, his mother, and the headmaster for knowing who he really is, then why did he let Portia live? Oh, yeah. because of r- racial bias. That's why, you know. <laughs> But I was kind of aggravated. I'm like, dumbasses, you're just, you're being jerks and you're being racist um, because it it makes absolutely no sense. Um, And I mean, it's, it also just kind of sets the typical impossible standards that's demanded of any immigrant. You know, when, when Philo, his origins are finally revealed, you know, they're like, oh, you fooled us. You know, it's like, no, he, to me, he integrated, you know. And and that's kind of what I hear in argument so much is like people want immigrants to integrate, um, but when they don't, they get accused of failing to adapt to the dominant culture. So it's like if you if you do, you're persecuted for being, you know, trying to pass yourself off. Um, but if you don't, well then, hey, that's your fault for not adapting to the the culture. And so. And really, there's just no pleasing a racist. You can't. Yeah. You can't win. So it, it was just making me crazy um, about all of that logic. And you know, it, I think it'll be kind of interesting to see. You know, I'm not dying to go see this last episode, but you know, I I am kind of interested to see where it's going to land. Um, especially like with how it ended, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But you know, just now that everybody knows and what will be next for him. Um, I'm guessing he's going to live. I'm just going to assume. I don't think his life's going to be in any type of danger, but I'm, so I'm going to assume that he survives the finale. But just where does he go from here? Um, is he going to be able to live his life? Will he be in jail? Will he be free? Will he be able? To, if he's free, will he be able to live his life with people knowing? Are people going to keep? A, I don't know. I'm just kind of interested to see what will happen with that. But anyway, that's my number three: is his secrets out? People know. Um, and like you said, they were pinning the murders on him, which seemed like, oh, yeah, we saw that coming. Um, but it made no sense because they're idiots. <laughs> so what is your number three? Uh, my number three is the Taranak Museum. So it was really mm. interesting that – and it's kind of uh, – it's one of the things like when you think about museums and 
zoos to an extent too, where you're kind of like, at some point it does feel kind of icky. Uh, yeah. And even though they're trying to bring, you know, the history of Taranach and the war and all that kind of stuff, you know, to be like, uh, oh shoot, what was her name? Vignette. I don't know why I forgot Vignette. her name. Uh, when you, when Vignette comes across this, it's like, oh my gosh, this is like the place that I protected for so many years. And I'm not sure how many years it's been since, uh, Philo had left. I can't remember. Was it like six or seven years or something like that? Uh, well, in the first episode, I believe she told him I mourned you for seven years. Okay. So, yeah. So it's been a minute, but I mean, you know, you go back to something that you were protecting and, you know, you could definitely feel like it's kind of a sideshow at this point, even though it didn't seem like they were being disrespectful with the stuff. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I picked up any disrespect. Um, I can see where she would get really offended because it seemed for her people or at least for, cause I know she, they were in a type of like religious sanctuary um, in Tiernanak and that's where this library was located and she was the protector and guardian of that. So I get her feelings towards that. Like it, you know, it seems like maybe only certain folks, at least in her land, were allowed to enter there. Um, I don't know if it was very clear who was allowed to go there, but it was clearly a very sacred place for them. Um, so I get her feelings, why she felt like that space was being invaded and why she was so vehemently against that. But I don't know that I picked up any just I don't know maybe there is just because of the people's thoughts and about the fae like they don't have respect for the fae so why would they respect their culture but yeah. to me it's you know I mean I feel like if you have a respect for the culture it's no different than any museum that we go into when we're viewing you know art or books um you know or something from an ancient you know, civilization, you're kind of, it's, it's for me, learn, cause I'm a nerd. I love history. You know, I, I love going to museums and seeing that kind of stuff. So I would totally dig that, but I'm not really sure what their purpose was of having that museum. And um, they did. It was just about the war or what. And they did have it set up where you, you couldn't be an unaccompanied fae and, and see that stuff too. So right. they were definitely trying to keep them away from their history, which, you know, definitely what seemed, of the things you would say would be disrespectful, that seemed the most disrespectful. Yeah. But that could also be because, you know, they're like, okay, well, we know they don't like this, so we just don't want them to come and cause a scene. Uh, right. But, you know, it was – and it, it felt to me too that scene itself was a way for her to get arrested. Mm-hmm. You know, like her showing up and then like almost going back into protection mode of it mm-hmm. seemed like a little bit of a stretch to me. I mean, I guess with – um, you know, I'm sure she's suffering some PTSD from everything she's been through. So maybe that that's kind of what they're examining here and kind of showing like she just came here in the mode of I need to protect this, you know, sanctuary kicked in, but she wasn't actually in the sanctuary. But they didn't really like I said, there's a lot of stuff I feel like they could expand on more that they just didn't. They kind of just did these quick hits. And it's like, OK, well, here's this very emotional moment for her that we, we're going to kind of shortchange you on. And then we're yeah. just going to get use this as a plot point to get her arrested. I agree. I think they were trying to use that as like a trigger for her to react the way that she did. That would cause her to get arrested. That instead of keeping her cool, you know, in a type of situation that this is what would be that would set her off. So yeah. needs to trigger her and she needs to be arrested so she can be in jail when Philo gets gets to jail. So 
But, because they keep they keep running into each other constantly. Yeah. They just kind of, you know, oh, he's going to go out for milk. So he runs into vignette. Oh, he's going to go investigate a murder. He runs into vignette. Well, he can't run into her if he's if, if he's in jail. So we got to have her in jail, yeah. too. Right. It's just <laughs> one coincidence after another. <laughs> yep. But yeah, that's my number three is just the museum. Yep. The museum with some naughty bits. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. did show the dirty pictures. They had the dirty pictures, lots of dirty stuff happening in this episode. Um, so this particular show has, so we've got multiple murders, sex workers. We've got someone who discovers their mother. Um, we have a, uh, a romance that's being rekindled. We've got racism, classism, sexism, police brutality, <laughs> political drama, and there's more and more. However, your point being earlier, I believe when you said in your number five, none of it feels very heavy. Um, I don't know why it should. Um, and I don't understand what why it doesn't. And I don't understand why they can't seem to, to get it right or make me feel all of that. I don't know if it's if the tone just feels a little bit off or if there isn't something like a book or something preceding it. Um, I don't know. I just, I can't really pinpoint what feels off, but I'm just, I'm having these feelings right now that there should be more oomph happening and I'm not feeling that. I'm like, cause there, there are so many things and maybe it's too much. I know we've discussed here earlier and in other episodes, there's a lot of storylines going on. Is it just too much that we, it's like, we can't care about everything. So we care about nothing. That's how I kind of feel. I feel like, you know, like, do you want this to be, and what's cool about this is you could, I mean, if you want to do multiple seasons or you even just split this season up to be that way, mm-hmm. you know, you could have, you know, the political drama for the first couple episodes, you could have the, really emphasizing the the racism of the town in a couple episodes. But it feels like they've just kind of trickled it all throughout that you're like, okay, it's, you know, I'm now I'm watching a political show. Wait, now I'm watching a show about racism. Oh, now I'm watching this love triangle. Now I'm watching this like sci-fi horror. Oh, now I'm watching why why is there a war episode? Why am I watching a war drama here right in the middle? <laughs> you're right. Well, and you know, God, and I don't want to, I'm going to say it and I'm going to probably regret saying it, but like, like at least with like Game of Thrones, you know, you had a lot of the same stuff, but it just seemed to work there. I don't know. I guess they probably had as as about as many storylines. They had like characters and characters for days. That's for sure. There was a lot to keep up with, but something about it just worked and, and I can't. Something about this show, and I don't want to make comparisons. I'm certainly not comparing this show, but when you're talking about a show that has so many characters and so many storylines, that's the first, for me anyway, the first show that comes to mind, um, and that it worked. And this one just doesn't, for me, so much. It just isn't there. There's pieces missing, or maybe they are moving it too quickly, like the sex stuff. Um you know, with with um, Imogen and Agrius, you know, I I totally bought their chemistry. I really yeah. like them two together. I thought there was really some great buildup. I liked the turn of her character. 
you know, where we saw her from the beginning to where she's kind of coming over a little bit. I, I really enjoy those two together, but I thought it was just a little bit too fast for all of, all of a sudden for them to be going from kissing to banging against a door. Yeah. You Rima, know, I have so many <laughs> electric lights in my house. I turn them on all the time and I cannot get that reaction out of my wife. So for that to happen there is completely unbelievable. Right. To it takes a little bit more effort, I guess, than just lighting a light bulb. You got to <laughs> have some say. magic behind it, Sean. You got to there's the romance <laughs> in it. There's the whole romance of the the battery. He he basically had to make this little battery work. You know, it wasn't just flipping a switch, Sean. Come on. You got to put in a little <laughs> bit more work into it, man. Women That's what are I do all day switches. at work. I put in the eight hours of work just to pay for it. (laughs) No, but what I did find funny too is like, I feel like, you know, back in these, like the times that they're setting this up as too, like to get all your clothes off and everything is like so much work. Like, you know, you think today, like guys just have to know how to flip that bra and get the bra off. Like here you had to be able to know how to undo a corset you had to figure out how to take off 12 layers of clothing. You had to figure out how to get your own clothing off. And don't get me started on his hooves. Like, how does he get all this stuff off his hooves? No kidding. Craziness. It was crazy. I can't even imagine trying to, to I don't know. I can see, I can see it, it, it was, it was a little bit, it was a sexy scene. You know, yeah. but you did have to be skilled for sure to know how all of those garments, mm-hmm. um, you know, peel one by one. And his too, not just hers, but, um, you know, he, he looked like he knew what he was doing and he seemed pretty confident in it for sure. But it wasn't, I, I found it a very sexy scene, but I thought it was a little bit fast. I, I could have totally bought that they had the kiss. Um, and then, you know, maybe it lead up to it. In in a later episode, maybe the next one or something, something else happened. But it seemed pretty fast because I thought she's supposed to be a pretty proper, respectable, um, you know, lady, never been married. But she just goes from this to, like I said, all of a sudden. And, and does anybody have a bed in this show? I mean, That's there's sex point. in carriages. There's sex against the doors vignette and philo where you know she's practice she's like squatting and he's in you know they're, yeah, they're in, the in that cave. really yeah well, i mean uh him and the the girl you don't like anymore piety or what was her name portia portia they, i mean they had sex in a bed that's true they they did have a bed but that's like the only bed i've seen there it's like it, look i'm old-fashioned beds work for me just fine it's comfortable you know there's there's yeah. room have you ever had sex in a carriage it's awkward the horses get spooked. The driver is like <laughs> always creeping in. <laughs> I have not ever experienced that. That's one place. Does a car count? Um, you know, get with the today's times. Um, cars, yes. Carriage, no. Um, that was funny, though. That like that carriage rocking as as um, yeah. Sophie and Jonah were in there, and that the look on the driver's face is like, oh gosh, you know, what do they? They're on a public street. Yeah, it's like, what are they doing in there? Uh, signing treaties. If you see it rocking, don't come and knocking. <laughs> I mean, what did they think people are gonna like? Nobody's gonna know what's. I mean, they may not know who. 
you know, whose carriages they are and, and what two people are in there doing what they're doing, but like they know what you're doing. They don't know who you are. Maybe I just thought that was kind of ridiculous. It's like, you could have at least go into an alley somewhere, you know, and, and, and try to not be so obvious about it. People are going to know what's happening in there. And if they don't, then they're stupid. Um, but anyway, I kind of got off the rails just a little bit. I did enjoy that. There were, there were some really great things. I feel like I need to, to bring some positivity into some things that I did like. And I, I did like, Imogen and Agrius. I, I like those two together. It was a little bit fast for me, but I did enjoy those two. So I don't know. I, I wish there was just a little bit more. And I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I was talking recently with someone about, you know, how shows nowadays don't have the time to kind of come into their own. You know, we were talking about shows like Cheers, Seinfeld, you know, that was back before you had like 500 channels and Netflix and all of these different streaming services. You know, you were pretty limited with your TV, right? So you had a limited amount of shows and you had time to kind of figure where that show was going to go. You had time to figure out your audience. And so a Sometimes those first couple seasons kind of sucked. You know, you look back on them now and you're like, oh, those weren't like this was a really great show. But those first one or two seasons were not really great. They kind of had to find their way a little bit. And I mean, Seinfeld and Cheers are two of my favorite shows ever, but they didn't have such awesome seasons. But nowadays, nowadays, because of because there's so much to watch and there is so much good TV to choose from that when you start a show and you take a chance on something like Carnival Row, well, since that's what we're talking about, you know, you take a chance. And if, if shows nowadays don't knock it out of the park with that first season, well, then sorry, you're gone. If like, you don't find that audience, you know, people are going to, you know, just go and move on. They don't give a show time anymore because they're like, well, this show isn't doing it for me. I'm going to move on to the next. Didn't used to be the case because there wasn't really a whole lot to watch. You're like, oh, well, yeah, uh, Cheers wasn't so great last week, but I'm going to watch it again because there's nothing else on TV. You know, it didn't, it didn't have the time. Um, people just don't have the time to devote to, to that kind of stuff anymore, um, which, you know, just kind of makes me sad. I mean, it's, it's great. We get a lot of great, awesome TV, but um, it's kind of unfortunate because I think this probably could really be a great show. It just needs to kind of find its way a little bit. Yeah. I think it just you know? needs to kind of grow a little bit. And I think that's, you know, if this show like would fail, there's a plethora of pilots and pitches and, you know, options out there like, okay, well this didn't work. Well, let's throw $10 million at something else or 20 million or whatever it costs to do it. Exactly. You know, it's easier to cycle through and say, okay, well, can we waste another year on it? Can we waste two more years on it? And the other thing too that, you know, back in the TV days, and I, I just kind of thought of this off the top of my head, you know, you tried to get to, I don't know if it was 50 episodes or 75 episodes because then you could get into syndication. Right. And then you can make your money on the back end. You know, today there really isn't that, you know, like if a, if like Stranger Things makes it to 100 episodes, it probably costs Netflix more money than it gains it. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're not going to put in syndication, I wouldn't think, where they're making money off of it. Maybe they will someday. I don't know. But uh, th- that's, I feel kind of like why they will let those shows grow. Because you get one season and you've kind of already had a loss. You get two and three and it's like, okay, did we kind of break even? Is it doing okay? Well, now we're so close to that syndication number. Let's just keep going. And, but that's when you let the show grow and get better. Exactly. Yep. 
I think I think this show could definitely have some potential. Um, it is needs to find its way, but nobody gives shows an opportunity to do that anymore. <laughs> so it's like you you got to be great straight out the gate, and if you're not, see ya. We're moving on to another show. Um, and I'm guilty of that too. I'm totally guilty of that. There's a lot of great TV now, and there's so little time in the day, right? Um, so. Why would I want to watch something? I'm not saying this show, but um, I'm thinking more like Fear of the Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm struggling so much with that show. I've never been so happy to see a show finally end um, its season and I, that I don't have to watch it every week now um, because I, I'll, I'll finish it. I'll finish it out. Um, but I sit there and I'm thinking, God, I'm sitting here watching this show for an hour and I could be watching like this show. I could be watching this show, that show, or spending my time doing something else because there's so much good stuff out there. Why am I wasting my time on something that sucks? So, um, I'm definitely guilty of, of that way of thinking too. But anyway, God, I rambled like for way too long on my number two. Sean, shut me up. (laughs) I want to hear your number two. (laughs) Well, my number two is... Uh, when we discover what Argus talks about, like his job when he first came over oh, was being jack. a skipjack. Yeah. Um, you know, that's very much kind of like, and you know, you think about, you know, just slavery in general, there's a lot of that stuff too, where, you know, mm-hmm. they, they dealt with those kinds of things and the guilt that you'd have to feel from that. And, you know, he's been the, the guy to kind of mention, you know, like in the very, uh, I guess it was like the second or third episode where they have that tea party you see mm-hmm. one of the kind of uppity guys talking about like, oh, it's so awful. Like, you know, they're doing this, they're doing that. And, you know, Agris kind of stands up and says like, oh, well, yeah, but they're paid so much less. Like, I would be upset about that. Yeah. You know, and it just, you know, it was one of the moments where you really saw his emotion play when he was talking about being that skipjack. And, you know, I don't know if, if he's trying to play the part of like, oh, it didn't bother me. You know, they signed the same contract I did or – if deep down there is some concern that he's trying to, you know, buck the system from the inside, like he's trying to get in to make a change or mm-hmm. is he just kind of looking for himself? I mean, you don't really know yet. Yeah. Uh, and that's he's still I, a mystery when he's a super intriguing character because you, you know, and that's one thing they haven't really touched on. Cause you know, now he has this whole thing with, uh, uh, Egret, Egret, what's her name? I, Imogen. These, Imogen. These names are the other reason that, like we need a better nicknames, but there's so many characters that you can't even I give them know. nicknames. I need like a cast list with their pictures um, because I suck with names, but I'm better with their faces. So yep. I need like their faces and their names. I just need this taped here to the side uh, <clears throat> of my computer here so I can keep track of everyone. And the names are so strange that that doesn't help. Well, like <laughs> so. I have their IMDb open, but like it's their regular like you know, pictures without makeup and stuff. So it's like, okay, well, which one is it? Who's that guy? But uh, the other thing that, you know, with him having his interactions with her, like I'm kind of wondering like, okay, is, you know, is she going to get pregnant? Because they talked about how half crits typically don't survive after birth. Mm, So, you know, is this going to start some kind of, you know, relationship there and she's going to be, you know, ostracized even more. Is that going to ostracize him because of it? Uh, you know, cause then you're getting into questions of like civil rights and stuff like that, which they could, you know, try to relate back to, which again, that's the other thing that's kind of intriguing about the show is I don't know if they're trying to say something, like if they're just making a show, but they have so many of these little like nuances to like, you know, historical events that it's like, okay, are you trying to say something or are you just, 
are you just trying to make a show? Like I can't, I keep mm-hmm. coming back to that a little bit too, but um, I do think him sharing that story was, is pretty telling of his character. And I'm really curious to see how that plays out in his future storyline. I agree. Um, I find him a very intriguing character and I would love to, I, I like that we got a little bit more, um, about him. I'm still super curious how he earned his fortune. He's a very rich um, individual. So I'm, I'm curious how he did, you know, earn that fortune and what he did to attain it. Um, but I thought it was interesting. And I don't know. I mean, I it's kind of thinking of Ezra when he's like, oh, you hunted your own kind. Like he's absolutely horrified by that. I'm like, well, everybody hunts their own kind. I mean, you know, there's humans that do bad things and the cops arrest them or go after them for their crimes. I don't really know. I mean, I don't know. Is it because that they, you know, if they, they were escaping their indentured servitude and he hunted them down to, you know, either take them back or were they punished? Were they killed? I don't know. Um, you know, and why would he hunt them down? Why wouldn't he just let them either have their freedom or let someone else hunt them down that, you know, but it's like, you know, but the way he made it sound, you know, humans weren't taking that job. So, you know, I don't know. Um, I think he, he, I think he made a point. I I really like him. I think he's a smart and intelligent person. And I, I love the, you know, the whole scene, all the scenes at the auction. Um, I love that he outbid, that oh, guy that was great. for the yeah. painting. Um, I just absolutely love that. Cause he's like, you know, I really didn't want the painting, but I just kind of wanted to outbid that guy. And I love that. Cause I kind of have that same attitude. Like I'm just going to fuck with you. Um, so I love that. And I think he had, I laughed so hard again. I'm going to try and insert some positivity here because I know I'm kind of poo pooing and being negative about the show a little bit, but such a great scene when he says, um, him and Imogen are whispering to each other after they just had a conversation Uh with them. And he goes, she had sex with him in the carriage on the way here. And she says, how do you know that? And he says, we puck have keen senses. I'm surprised they made it inside. That girl is so tightly wound. It's a miracle. The fool didn't get stuck. (laughs) I laughed pretty good at that too. <laughs> I laughed so damn hard at that. Um, probably way too too much at the time, but oh my gosh, I got quite a giggle and I thought, I'm stealing that line. <laughs> I know I'm going to find a time to use that because I've thought the exact same, you know, I, I've used a similar phrase in other people. It's It's a fairly common phrase, but you know, talk about people having a stick you know, ass so tight, they oh, got a yeah. stick, you know, uh-huh. can't pull the stick out of their ass or whatever. Um, I like this way better. Um, so I'm definitely going to use that. But um, so I enjoyed all of that. I really do enjoy their relationship. And I, I think they have really good chemistry together. So that, you know, that was, um, that was a lot of fun. So yeah, I, I liked learning a little bit about him. And I hope to learn more going into season two. I like his, his, his outlook. Um, and how he's, you know, has a bit of a vision of what he would like the future to look like. So I, I really like all of that. Anyway, his, his character is appealing to me. That's really good. Uh, yep. That was my number two. So what do you have for your number one? I'm going to talk about the cliffhanger that we were left with that 
Why does Absalom want to see Philo? And that's the chancellor, by the way. I, I need to stick with the name. I need to just have a consistent name. But um, the chancellor was quite um, interested when he was learning, he gets back from wherever he's at and his assistant or whoever is kind of filling him in on what's happened since he's been away and they're having a conversation and he's talking about the news and he says, the culprit's a half-blood, it turns out. The killings were to keep his secret. The murdered Pix was his own mother, I'm told. Um, and the chancellor says, well, it's a sordid business. He says, Ashling's somebody, a songstress of some sort. And he pauses, this look he gets on his face, almost like a sense of recognition when he hears that name. And he goes, well, that's the first I've heard of a murdered pix. He said, well, why would you have? He said, uh, well, yes, indeed. You know, uh, like, well, yeah, yeah, right. Why, why would I hear about it? Why would I care? So I'm really super curious what that was about. And then for him to show up there at the very end, you know, because we thought when they come to carry Philo away, that it was going to be for them to hang him as they had been, you know, the, um, his other, the, the, the douchebag with the chops talking about, um, you know, it's, it's better to have him die by suicide than to have a trial and for us to come out looking like assholes that can't do their job. Um, you know, we'll just have him have an accident or suicide. So you think that that's what's happening. And instead he gets taken away and taken to a house with a bag over his head. And here's the chancellor. So I'm curious, do you think that's his father by any that chance? That is my number one is. Let's talk uh, about his it. dad is the chancellor. So, uh, yeah, when they were having that discussion and, you know, it kind of, uh, thinking outside of you know what cliche thing would be would be the chancellor is his dad has been hiding all this. <laughs> yeah, um, I imagine that the chancellor isn't the one doing the killings. So yeah, I, think I don't think so either. I think Philo thinking his dad's you know coming at him will be kind of a uh, red herring. Uh, but mm-hmm. I do think that yeah, I agree. I think that that his dad is the chancellor. I agree. So. I also do not think the chancellor is the one controlling the dark Asher and trying to kill the people that know about Philo um, and might be out to kill Philo himself. Do you have any guess? I, I don't. I seriously, I've sit here and l- thought of like, okay, who's, who's all the characters who could be responsible. Do you have any guesses who might be controlling? Dark no, Asher? I, I think it's probably going to be, I, I think it's going to be just something random. You're not, I don't think it's somebody you can guess. Because yep. right now with all the characters that are there, if it is somebody, it's like, oh, it was, you know, uh, Sophia what, or not, what the girl that was banging his son. Um, Sophie. Sophie. Mm-hmm. If it's Sophie that does it, it's like, okay, like I see no reason why she would be the one with the dark Asher. You know, and I'm yeah. not saying she is, but I feel like that could be the character. Like, it was her the whole time. Like, let's see what the monster really is. It was old man Withers. <laughs> Scooby dooby doo. Um, well, that would be pretty interesting considering apparently she hasn't left her house in 25 years. Um, she was so overprotective. That's kind of the vibe that I got is that, um, you know, she just never left her house and wasn't allowed to leave. But, um, you know, she's, she's been homebound all those years. However, she has sex in a carriage that mm-hmm. didn't move too quickly at all. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I've sat here and thought, 
you know, who, who could it be when we're looking at all of the, you know, the characters that we've been introduced to could be that I'm just missing someone because there's too many characters to keep up with. Um, I don't have any, I'm not really great at guessing that type of thing. I'm usually wrong when it's like, you know, who's behind this or who's behind that. Sometimes it stands out really well, but I think we have so many characters, um, that I just, I can't even fathom who it would be, um, that would, be able to either create or have someone else create for him the Dark Asher and to, to be able to control the Dark Asher, um, according to the um, the witch or whomever um, that was speaking before. So um, I don't know. But I'm super curious about what will happen next. I do think that's his father. Um, and does he know? I wonder. I don't know, but it's interesting. And then, you know, you think about the prophecy that his wife was talking about how, oh, yeah. you know, well, I found out, you know, before I married your father that he was going to be a great man and then that his son was going to be an even greater man. And I'm like, I bet it's Philo, that would not, be pretty cool. not your son Jonah that's supposed to be this great man. Um, so it, I, I really think that it's kind of, leading down that path. Yeah, because then you kind of almost get like a Thor and a Loki-esque type oh, battle. That'd be pretty interesting. Go. See, there you go. Throw in some Marvel stuff. You'll feel better, Sean. <laughs> feel better about the show. That's awesome. Do you have anything else to say about your number one? No, I think you kind of touched on all of it. I think, uh, you know, I'm curious to see how they're going to be able to finalize all this in the next episode. So, Yeah, I don't think we're going to wrap up everything for sure. I think they're going to let things carry over, kind of like the the whole, um, you know, this Critch religion, I call it, I think to me it's almost like a cult, um, is going to carry over. So I don't think we'll have everything answered, but I bet a lot of it will carry over. Um, Do you have any notes? Uh, The only note I wanted to touch on is when the Cobalt guy uh, was teaching and uh, he was getting kind of harassed a little bit about it, but he told him something along the lines of like, I'm not afraid of destitution, but it looks like you are. Yeah. I thought that was a really slick line. I was like, uh, yeah, fire me. Like, I know how to live being poor. Do you? Exactly. That was really good. I enjoyed that scene. I wasn't sure what to think about this um, character, but with that scene with Jonah, I really liked that. So, yeah, good one. Um, so we did learn that there have been rumors uh, for quite some time about Dr. Marange uh, performing reconstructions on Faye. So I guess he, you know, kind of maybe not so much had a reputation, but there were rumors going around that, you know, he, he did clip wings um, and, and do reconstructions on folks, maybe trying to pass for human. Um, I liked this scene (laughs) with vignette and, um, Oh shoot. What's her name? Tourmaline, and she's drawing all the faces of the guys that she slept with. Oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I liked that. I thought, and I really liked it. I thought um, she was joking about having an art show, and I thought, oh, a whore's revenge art show coming to your town soon (laughs) is what she called if she had an art show with all of the folks that she slept with. Um, Talked about that Mr. Bagstock, how he was such a slut shamer, did not like him. And I really like the line um, about Imogen, how it comes out that she doesn't even like most of the people that she knows. Um, You know, when she sees how despicable people are and how 
badly they were treating um, Mr. Agrius that she, you know, admitted that she, you know, didn't care for many of them. And I thought, darn it, they are doing a good job. I do like it when a show can make me dislike a character and then turn me around on that character. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So I do like that. So I do, I do like her. So I'll give the show credit for that anyway, because I, I really just thought, oh, she's an uptight socialite um but I, I am, you know, kind of starting to see another side of her, so I enjoy that. Um, I also wondered, what about the Black Ravens? Where the hell did they go? <laughs> Good point. Did yeah. we- <laughs> they kind of disappeared, didn't they? <laughs> what kind of what happened? I mean, she was working for them. Are they not going to? I mean, do they just say, "Oh, sorry, you got arrested. You're caught. Sorry about your luck," or anyone going to try and help? Breaker out? Do they have a play? What happened to them? They just kind of fell off the radar. So I don't know if we'll see any more of them, if either in the last episode or maybe in season two. I don't know. But I was just thinking, where the hell are they at? They haven't been around in a couple of episodes. So anyway, that's all my notes for this week. Um, I think that was wrapped up nicely. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think we did a good job on it. Yeah, I'll allow it. That's <laughs> that's my new other uh, line. I'll allow it. <laughs> like I have all the power or something. Um, well, now that we've wrapped up our top five and our notes from these two episodes, that lead us to my favorite part of the podcast, and that's letters from the row and listener feedback. So first one that we have is from Maria Ursano Lawson, and she says... So many things in just two episodes. Betrayal, lust, mystery, forgiveness, death, and politics. Poor Philo thinking his landlady lover would accept him for his true self. Lisa brought him back to Vignette. I love Sophie. The Chancellor's son seeing her mask of grief fall revealing her real feelings was unexpected. And talk talking about feelings, Imogen and Agrius getting together gave me all the feels. I love her character arc so much. The one storyline I think I could do without is the creepy puck cult. I hope it has a big payoff in the end, but right now it just seems like extra scenes thrown in for no reason. Can't wait to see how they wrap up the season next week. Hey, somebody likes Sophie. Yeah. Uh, we got one more from Lindsay Slitch. So, so is Sophie our carnival role little finger? She's mm-hmm. certainly sneaky and smart enough. I half expect her to say chaos is a ladder in the mm-hmm. carriage, which she kind of did. I'm really liking her character. I've been on the fence about Imogen, but she won me over in this episode. I love all the interactions between her and Mr. Agrius. Uh, that was one steamy sex or one steamy love scene. Yeah, they were all like <laughs> butt grabby too. Yep. <laughs> Uh, at this point, I'm far more interested in what comes of them than Philo and Vignette. I'm not overly worried about Philo's fate. I'm sure he'll survive, but it will be interesting to see where this goes. Are we to believe the Chancellor is his dad and behind all of this? He seemed like such a bumbling fool this whole time. It'd be interesting if he ends up the mastermind. I think, yep, yeah, it's his dad. I don't think he's behind all of it. I think, like you said, it's kind of a red herring. Be way too easy for it to be him at this point for me. But yeah, thanks, guys. Great feedback. Um, we also have a voicemail this week from our good friend Steve. Hello, Rima and Sean. This is Steve, and this is for Call Row episodes six and seven. Uh, there's a whole lot in these two episodes, so limiting it to five is pretty tough. But uh, 
I'll see what I can do. Um, you know, it's funny as I wrote these notes down, I, my, the first thing I had was I loved Mrs. Fife kicking the guy out of the boarding house when he was mad about her having a relationship with Philo. But of course, seeing how it ended up, uh, she ends up being kind of, I don't know, I guess wishy-washy, but, uh, uh, that was my number five, was just this five kicking that guy out. And then uh, Philo admitting to her that he's uh, half half blood. But, uh, of course, her reaction. And uh, I guess that's one way for him to go back to Vignette, uh, and as we saw in episode seven. So and I, I didn't get these guys are cops. Why wouldn't – why would they think that he – okay, I'm going to start that whole thing over again. If he's killing to keep his, if he's killing people to keep his secret, why would he go blabbing it around to like everybody? Like he tells the woman, he tells the guy right out in the middle of the street. It just like, why would he be murdering people to hide the secret if he's just blabbing it all over the place? And uh, Imogen's brother, you know, becomes a jerk again. And of course, uh, as we saw in uh, there, she gets her fuck love finally. So. Um, and uh, finally, it, it was tense when Philo was in, for me anyway, it was tense. I didn't know what he was going to do in the cell there when they were asking him to admit it or lie. And uh, I was really glad, though, that he, he did uh, admit who his mother was. And uh, so I can't wait to see the next episode. I haven't watched yet, but I may watch here even before I hear you guys' thoughts. Talk to you later. Yeah, I think I'm kind of wondering if his boss was hoping that, like, he, it was kind of one of those things, like, I know that you're half Faye. Mm-hmm. Just tell me you're not, and we can get over this. And so then him not doing it, it's like, damn it. Like, now this is something we have to deal with. Yeah. Do you think he would have, like, let him go? I, I mean, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it, everybody knows. Is everybody going to keep quiet? Is everybody just going to be okay? With I would. It? Just, I guess. I mean, unless they have a way to be like, you know, take this blood test so we can prove that you're not fully human. But, you know, then you got to go through the, you know, police union and all that stuff. And that's just, you can't do that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Too much damn paperwork. (laughs) Too much paperwork. I get that. Um, Yeah. Some really great points, Steve. You made some good points and glad I'm not the only one. Um, you know, that, that thought some of those things. It's it's good to be validated. I feel validated. So thank you for that. And thank you for all of our listeners um, still hanging in with us. I think we've had a few that might have dropped off. Um, it's okay, guys. One more episode to go. Um, and we'll be, you know, we'll, we'll get through this together. We're a team. So. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Uh, so we will be covering the eighth and final episode from Carnival Row next week, and it is titled The Gloaming. The Gloaming. I, I think that's that what means. happens when you, you make love with a puck. You get a gloaming. <laughs> do, you, do you get the gloam, gloamy <laughs> look? <laughs> I don't know. She's going to be feeling a, a lot lighter now. She, she's going um, to have a better outlook on life now that she's um, got her some loving. That's all. Sometimes it's all it takes. That's true. Somebody, somebody just needs needs a good screw, and <laughs> and they feel a lot. They they're a lot easier to get along with. Um, 
Anyway, we're really excited for you to travel to the Berg with us. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Stranger TCast and on Instagram at Strange underscore Indeed underscore pod. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com and you can also find us on the TV Time app. And you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast. Make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. What you got cooking up this week? Oh, we are going to go deep into gloaming. No. Gloaming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is, uh, it's Halloween month, so we like to do some uh, creepy episodes. Oh. So we are going to take on the true crime genre this Sunday. Nice. As we found the creepiest true crime stories we can, and we try to scare the crap out of each other. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I love Halloween true crime, and I love Halloween. Yeah, we'll do kind of like a scary episode and then we'll do like a uh, creepy draft of like scary movies or slashers and then we'll do our yearly special Broloween. So it's a lot of fun. That is, I can't wait for that because I, I love Halloween so much. It is my favorite holiday besides my birthday. Um, so I'm I'm uber excited for that. I love being scared. I love true crime. You guys are checking off all my boxes. <laughs> I cannot wait. That's super exciting. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of Halloween, Walker Stalker Atlanta's coming up, not this weekend, but next. I'll be there, guys. I'll just throw that out there now. I just It just now occurred to me that maybe to mention that a little bit ahead of time, just in case folks are going. If you're going to be there, message me. Let me know. Um, I'll probably try to put something out on the page if anybody's going to be around. But if you guys are in the Atlanta area, even if you're not going to go, to Walker Stalker, we do have a meetup. Um, Jason from Walking Dead Cast and Podcastica always has a meetup in the uh, Latitudes Bar and Lounge at the Omni, where the uh, convention is located. So you don't even have to attend the convention to go. The it's a hotel bar, so anybody's free to just come in and hang out for a while. We love meeting our listeners. Um, so I invite all of you guys to come in if anyone is going to be there either for the convention or if you are in the Atlanta area. Come say hi to me because I'm shy. I probably won't come say hi to you first because I'm a big old weirdo. So you're going to come say hi to me first. But let's have a drink. I would love that so much. So... Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward like to that. That sounds like it's going to be awesome. A lot of fun. I wish I, I, I always say it. I wish I could be there. but <sighs> I know, Sean. Kids, come on. Man. Kids. I know. I know. I get it. I really do. I've got dogs. So I know that's you can't compare dogs. I'd compare dogs and kids, but I know most people don't. It's a struggle to get someone to watch my dogs so I can go. So, um, and having yeah. kids and, and a family and everything else um, is like 100 times that. So, uh, might be the last one, dude. That's what I've heard. Might might have missed your might miss your chance. I don't know. We're gonna have to try and drag you to one. I'm working on it, guys. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'll get him to one one of these days. It's okay. Anyway, can't wait for your y'all's next shows. That'll be fun. All right. Well, that's our show, episode 104, Unaccompanied Faye and the World to Come. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Dan Gallagher is strange indeed. <laughs>